to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. preaching on Easter Sunday. I just love on people on Easter Sunday because it's such an honor to have you. But at the same time, at the end of the service today, we're going to take communion together. And I think it's important and imperative that we take it and share in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Because when we take of the bread, we take, we take of his body that was broken for us. When we take the fruit of the vine, we take of his blood that he shed for us. It's an awesome thing to be in the presence of the Lord and to be able to share that. Now, somebody said, well, Pastor, I don't feel worthy to take it. Folks, you weren't worthy until the cross. That's why we celebrate today. The cross has made us all worthy of what he's done for us. Amen? This man wasn't just a prophet. He was our Savior. Amen? He wasn't just somebody that came with a new idea, with new dialect, with a new way of talking. He was a man from God. He was the God-man on this earth. And he came robed in flesh. And we believe that he died for us. And we believe that he was buried for us. And we believe he rose again. So at the end of service, we're going to take communion. Thank you for being here. What a joy to see all of you. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to minister here a little while. Did you enjoy the choir today? Did you enjoy the choir? Wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that good stuff? Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about a God-fashioned life. A God-fashioned life. Now, when, when somebody reads that or somebody sees that, they say, well, you know, I, I, Pastor, I can't live that kind of life. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can live a God-fashioned life. The greatest life in all the world is a life lived, fashioned by Almighty God. It's the greatest life. It's the blessed life. It is the conscience free life it is a life that your conscience don't smite you every day it is a great life to live it's a happy life to live it's a glorious life to live and everybody can live that life everybody can let's go to the book of John chapter number 20 the NIV says early on the first day of the week while it was still dark Mary Magdalene I think that's kind of funny Mary Magdalene a woman who had seven devils in her and who was the town prostitute went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. He must have gone to the gym, and Pete ate too much of his catch, his fish, and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, and as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside, and he saw and believed. Jesus said about Thomas when Thomas touched his side and touched his hand and he said, Blessed are you because you've seen and believed, but blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Do you believe that story you just read right there? You believe that story? 
You're blessed today. You're blessed today. You believe that story? Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the God-fashioned life. The Lord bless you. Would you bring my glasses to me, please? Somebody right there. I got glasses there somewhere. Thank you very much. I was looking at the staff there. Thank you, dear. You've never done that before, have you? All right, thank you. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. When Jesus embraced the resurrected life, there were some things that he left behind in the tomb. He didn't take everything out of the tomb with him. He left behind linens, the linen garment that they had wrapped him in that became like a cocoon. It became hardened, and he came out of that, and a burial cloth that they wrapped around his head as if to say, you ready for this? I can't wear this where I'm going. I can't wear this where I'm going. Say it with me. I can't wear this where I'm going. There's some things that when you come into the resurrected life of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's some things that you can't wear anymore where you're going. Some of those things are a life of sorrow. That may be a part of the wardrobe you leave behind. Perhaps a life of shame. Perhaps a life of hopelessness. Perhaps a life of despair. Say it with me. I can't wear this where I'm going. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24 in the NIV says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on, everybody say put on, put on. the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. If I could give you a concise version of what the message says of Ephesians 4.24, I know it's going to be up there in just a moment. There it is, the message. But what, what that says condensed is this. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life that he blesses you on the inside and he blesses you on the outside with character. Did you hear that? Taking on a new way of life. The God-fashioned life. One of the reasons we love to celebrate Resurrection Sunday is because we can put off some things that's been hanging on. And we can put on some things to help us realize in the same way we put on clothes, we are constantly taking on beliefs and taking on thoughts and perspectives that fashion our lives. I want to share something with you. How many ever seen that TV show, What Not to Wear? You don't have to raise your hand because if you're a man, you wouldn't want to be raising your hand right now. <laughs> what not to wear. The Ephesians writer is like a fashion consultant on what not to wear. He's like that guy on or that woman on, on what not to wear that goes in and cleans out the closet. He is saying to us in Ephesians, there's some things you have to throw away. There's some things in your old wardrobe you've got to get rid of. He's saying there's a way of life that doesn't look good on you. And God has some better things in mind for you. So the writer is saying, take on an entirely new way of life. I want you today on this Resurrection Sunday to walk out of here with a brand new way of thinking. I've often said, if I can change how you think, I believe I can change how your destiny will be. 
I believe with all my heart that God wants us to realize that the cross and the burial and the resurrection was not just so he could be our hero. Was it because we could lay down some stuff on the other side? We could bury those things with him in water baptism. And we could rise to walk in a newness of life that he has given us. Do you realize, folks, that when he was crucified and the blood spilled from his body and hit the ground, that there was an earthquake and that graves opened up and that those that slept, the saints that slept, awakened in those graves, but they did not come out until Jesus Christ came out because he was the first fruit of our resurrection? But can you imagine going to sleep as Daniel and waking up and walking around with Jesus Christ? Can you imagine going to sleep as Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, or Moses, or some of those people in the Old Testament that had been at rest in the Lord and then waking up and saying, wow, I've got a newness of life. That's what happens to you when you understand and celebrate the resurrection. You may lay down some things that you don't need anymore, but when you come out of the grave and when you come out of the situations of life, he's going to place brand new things on you, things called hope and desire and peace and joy and happiness. That's what a God-fashioned life is all about. Clap your hands right now. It's a good life. It really is. It looks good on you. It fits you well. You feel good. And you'll be at your best when you have that God-fashioned life on. You know, everybody's wearing something. The, the, uh, the Oscars were on not long ago, and, 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 and my kids, my kids don't just watch the Oscars. They, 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 get, they get online and get all the voting stuff. And they vote. And they, and they, they vote to see who's going who's gonna to win, who's going to be the best judge of who's going to win the best actor. and best. They don't do all that costume stuff because they don't know all that. They just know actors and actresses. And, and I always win because I don't fill anything out. But when the annou winners announced, I said, that's who I would have voted for right there. Because I knew Daniel Day-Lewis was going to win for Lincoln. I knew that all along. I knew that. And I said, that's who I would have voted for. But when, when, when they're on the red carpet and the interviewers are asked the question, what are you wearing? And the woman will say, well, I'm wearing Vera Wang tonight. I'm wearing Versace, Tory Burch, Paul Smith, Valentino, Prada, Gucci. <laughs> we got the same thing going on in the house today. We really do. We got Calvin Klein in the house. We got Ed Hardy in the house. We got True Religion in the house. We got Aeropostale in the house. We got Eddie Bauer in the house. We got Levi. We got Nordstrom. We got Jordans. We got Ralph Lauren. We got Tommy Hilfiger. We even got Oshgosh Bigosh in the house. <laughs> now, that's funny. I don't care who you are. We got Walmart. We got GWI. That's Goodwill Industry. We got secondhand clothes. We even got Walmart in the house. We got Target in the house. Come on, we got Steinmart in the house. We got Fruit of the Loom. But nobody's saying that. But even though most people pride themselves being independent, oh, I'm my own man, being unique, there's nobody like me, being an individual thinker, the truth is that all of us have been influenced by someone else's idea of what we should wear. Some of you don't think of yourself as fashioned by anyone else, but you are. But here's my point. 
It's not just in clothes that everyone is wearing someone. It's in life. Because you are fashioned by other people's ideas. You're fashioned by society. You're fashioned by an uncle or an aunt that had dominion over you. You're fashioned by a friend that you love very much. You're fashioned by the media, by television, by Hollywood. You're fashioned by maybe a poverty situation in your life. Maybe some had a bad experience a long time ago that's fashioned you. Maybe you heard people say things about you that were not good and that were, were contrite to how you felt about yourself and it hurt you but it's fashioned you. Maybe you took on labels that you shouldn't have took on that don't fit with you, but with the God, what God has in mind for you. Labels like he's a rebellious child or she's hard-headed or they're afflicted in their mind or they're a loser, they're a loner, they're a cheater or they're stupid or they're an idiot. You've heard those words in your life. I'm here to tell you something. Perhaps labels like that have fashioned your life and they've hindered you from a God-fashioned life. I will tell you right now, anybody that walks in this house today, anybody that comes to worship Jesus Christ is not a loser. Somebody help me preach right now. Anybody that claps their hands for the Lord today is not messed up in their mind. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is Lord today. Oh, I didn't mean to preach like that, but I just felt it. Saul trying to put his armor on David one day when David was going to fight Goliath. Put his armor on him and David said, I can't, I can't do battle like this. This will get in my way and it will hinder me. There are some things that the world wants to put on you that will hinder you from living the God-fashioned life that God has for you. Oh, you made mistakes in your life, but that don't mean you're a mistake. You've made some situations. You fumbled the ball a few times. I don't mean you fumble in life. Failure is not nothing more than just an event. It's not a lifetime. Every one of us have failed, but every one of us can get back up off the ground and dust ourselves off and go on again. That's what the resurrection is all about. You're not a loser sitting in this house today. You're a winner because you're in the house of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Say amen to that. You know, you're going to find some things don't fit with the life of a believer. One who is going to live the resurrected life. I got a jacket over here. I got a jacket over here I'm going to put on here just a minute. It's an old jacket. If you want it after church and it fits you, I'll give it to you. But I pulled it out of my closet today. It don't quite fit. If I was in the pulpit today, if I was in the pulpit today and said, I'm your pastor, <laughs> you'd say, God, let me hit the door right now. Because if I looked like this with something that didn't fit me, you'd say, that boy needs to go get some help with his design and his clothing. I know this don't fit me. And there's some things that you're wearing Ideas that you're holding that are restricting your life also. You need to get away from that stuff and start believing that God has something greater for you in the resurrected life and in the God-fashioned life he has for you. 
I'm here to tell you, life can be great. You hear me? Life can be wonderful. Life can be wonderful. Life can be glorious. You can have harmony in your home. You can have joy in your house. So big or small, it doesn't matter. There's three things I think people are wearing. Some people are fashioned by what I call bad religion. Bad religion. You know what bad religion is? You walked into a church one day, somebody hurt your feelings, or the preacher wore you out. The preacher preached right at you, and he spit on you also. And you got bad things, you got bad vibes. You know of a pastor that failed somewhere. You know of somebody that messed up because... They were in the pastorship and they messed up so churches not, don't count anymore. You've had a bad religious experience. I want to share something with you. It don't matter how many bad religious experiences you've had. You listen to me. There are bad lawyers. There are bad physicians. And there are bad churches. But it does not mean that every physician is a bad physician. It does not mean that every attorney is a bad attorney. And it does not mean that every church is a bad church. I want to tell you, your help, your HAP, your good fortune has dropped you right in the middle of a church where a pastor loves people, loves his wife, loves his family, loves his church, loves the God of this church, and you're right in the middle of it. Don't give us, don't hold us back from giving you a chance and you giving us a chance to let you meet the Jesus that we preach in this house. Because bad religion is tied on you. It don't do you any good. But oh, when you live a God-fashioned life, when you get a hold of the God that I'm preaching about today, it'll make you a joyous, happy person. You know, Pastor, I, was, I, was used, to, I used to work in churches, and I, somebody said something bad about me, and I said I'd never go back to the church. Don't do that. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say you're not going to ever do anything because you're allowing a human being to rob you of God's design in your life. And they're closer to the Lord than you are because they're between you and the one you're trying to get to. Woman one time in church said, you know what? I just can't worship with that person in front of me. I said, I got an idea. Come to the front row. She said, well, that good. I said, well, I don't know how good it do, but the only things in front of you is me. And she'll be behind you. She said, ooh, that sounds good. I never thought about that. You know, it's the simplest thing sometimes that works things out in your life. Hell wants to put things on you like a bad church scene back yonder, a bad problem with the church member back yonder, a bad problem with the pastor back yonder. But that's not going to hold any water when you stand before Jesus Christ at judgment because Jesus died for you. You hear me? Jesus was buried for you. Jesus resurrected himself for you, and he wants you to serve him and have a God-fashioned life. Say amen to that. So shake off the bad experience. Shake off the idea that you're not accepted. Shake off the idea of what somebody said or somebody did. Shake off that offense. You know what my dad used to say? Get over it, son. Get over it. Get over it. I was complaining one day because I broke my arm. He said, son, I had worse on my lip and never licked it. I had worse on my eye and never batted. My God, my arm's broke, daddy. There's sometimes that life comes and deals you all kinds of bad stuff. But the God I'm preaching about today offers you a great God-fashioned life. Clap your hands and say, I want that in my life. I want that in my life. The Bible said in Psalms 92 and 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. 
in the courts of the Lord. Everybody say, I can't wear that bad religion. Not where I'm going. Wow. Amen. You know what I think we ought to do right now? I think we ought to just open up our hands and our mouth and whistle and clap for the resurrected Savior right now. Would you do it all over the country? That's you, Jesus. That's for you. That's for you. You don't give us bad religion. You give us hope. You give us help. You bless us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You even stood up. I didn't ask you to stand up. You even stood up. But say, I can't wear that bad religion. Come on, I can't wear that bad religion. Not where I'm going. Some of you are wearing the brand fossil. God never meant for you to get stuck in old ways and dead churches, dinosaur religions. A God fashioned life is alive, a God fashioned life is growing. God-fashioned life is wonderful. You know what a fossil means? It means the remains. <laughs> An impression of or a trace of a living thing of a former age as a skeleton, a footprint, etc. A markedly outdated, old-fashioned person or thing. You ever looked at some of your old pictures? You thought, my God, how could anybody ever look like that and live? <laughs> and what hell wants to do with you and this fossilized thinking, he wants you to think that church is dead, that church is boring, that church is weak. It's like, it's like colored water. It's not really tea. It's not really coffee. It's not, it's really, it's just, it's just kind of there. It's just something to help you get by in life. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what church really is. Church is a living organism. It is an alive entity. And you're feeling alive right now. I know you are. The only place that you don't, the only place that you sometimes think you can get alive at is at a ball game. By the way, Wichita State's my new dark horse. Thought I'd share that with you. The only place some of you think you can get alive is at a ball game. And maybe at a political rally when your party wins, but boy, it's sad when they get beat. In, in, in some kind of in some kind of hyper hope, let me tell you something. The greatest alive entity on the earth is the church. And one of the things you're going to realize about Christian Life Church is that we celebrate Jesus here every Sunday. Amen. C.H. Spurgeon said, "The churches that are alive don't preach the Lord out of the grave just once a year. They preach the Lord out of the grave every Sunday of the year." Why don't you just? Quit worrying about fossilized religion and fossilized thinking and get in this thing and say, I want to be a part of an alive church. You're a part of something alive here today. It's a, wonder, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amen. An alive church. An alive church. An alive church. I turned one page too many. You might be a fossil. I want to give you some things. This is, this is, this is Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a fossil. If you think holy jeans are just worn out. You might be a fossil if you keep asking for cassette tapes at the bookstore. You might be a fossil if you're still mad because the big screen has replaced the songbook. Oh, it got quiet there, didn't it? 
You might be a fossil if you don't like it when you get to church and someone's sitting in your seat. It's going to happen here because people are alive in this house. And you're, you're, you might be a fossil if the only, sings, the only songs you like are the old ones. Everybody say, I can't wear that fossil. Not where I'm going. Everybody say, God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. I'm going to be a part of that brand new thing that God's doing. Amen. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. Say, I can't wear that where I'm going. And some of you are wearing what I call your secret. Your secret. People here who would say, Pastor, if you knew me, you would know why I can't serve God. See, Pastor, I've had too much stuff in my life. I've had too many addictions. I've had too many behavioral problems. I've had too much stuff. I've had too many things come into my life, and I just can't get broken free from those stuff. You can't do it by yourself. But there is a resurrected Savior that can do it for you. That's why I'm preaching. It's a God-shaped life. It is a life formed and fashioned by God. What these people don't realize is that those are just labels that the enemy's trying to put on you like, okay, you're an addictive personality. You have behavioral problems, so nobody can fix you. That is a lie from hell. Jesus told the angel, and the angel told the women, tell the disciples at the grave and Peter that the Lord wants to meet them at Galilee. I think that is so unique that the disciples and Peter's name was mentioned by itself. Now, you that know the Bible know it was Peter that denied the Lord three times by the fire. But when the Lord was resurrected, the first thing he said was, tell the disciples and Pete, I'm going to meet him in Galilee. I want him there. How can he want me when all I've done is deny him? How can he want me? What you don't understand, Peter, is from the time of your sin till the time of his message, there's a cross in the middle. And what you don't understand is that the sin that's been holding you away from God, he put it on the cross. He nailed it to the cross. And Jesus Christ became the sacrificial, oh, hallelujah, lamb for everybody. He took your sin so you could meet him at church. You could go to Galilee. You could go be with him again. That's why Resurrection Sunday is so powerful. It does not matter what your sin is, what your problem is, what your secret is. It does not matter. What matters is there's a cross between your sin and the invitation that he has for you. I'm tired of hell putting labels on people. Saying I'm too weak. I'm just a sinner. I'm an addict. I can't make it. God sees you folks as free. He sees you as healthy. He sees you strong. I love this phrase. I used to put it, have it on my car before I saw that bumper stickers wasn't the end thing. <laughs> Be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. I used to love that. I think I'm going to put it on my car again. Because every Sunday I get in this pulpit and I see people that are imperfect. And I tell them all the time, don't go join a perfect church. You'd ruin it. <laughs> but the joy of the resurrection is that God can give us a God-fashioned life. He can take that old bad religious experience away from you. 
He could take that old fossilized mindset and say, we know church is always going to be this way. No, 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 no. God's doing a new thing. And he's going to take your secrets from you. And not reveal them openly, but he's going to forgive you. He's going to wash you. He's going to take them away from you. You hear me? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Unconfessed sin doesn't fit you. Condemnation and shame doesn't fit you. I'll tell you what fits you. A God-fashioned life fits you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 said, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has become, has come. That's powerful. Here's what I want to put on the screen. I want you to memorize it. Don't let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right about God. What's wrong with you? Stop you from worshiping what's right about God. Somebody said, somebody said, Pastor, I don't get that story in Mark chapter 5. I don't get it. A man with legions of devils comes and worships the Lord. Yeah, he did. You believe that story? And while he's worshiping, the Lord cast out all those demons. Puts them in a herd of swine. They run off and then drown themselves in the sea. Here's what I'm telling you. A man with at least 2,000, maybe 6,000 demons didn't let it stop him from worshiping what was right about the Messiah. Jesus was the first man ever stepped on that shore that didn't bring a whip or a chain with him. He brought freedom. He brought freedom. Everybody else was trying to chain him. Everybody else was trying to beat it out of him. But Jesus brought grace. He brought joy. He brought contentment. He brought happiness. And that man with a full body and a full spirit of devils came and worshiped him. Don't tell me that the label that hell puts on you can stop you from magnifying the living Savior on Resurrection Sunday. Come on. Magnify him today. Let God fashion your life. Hallelujah. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. That's why hell's trying to fight you and put labels on you. Because he don't want you getting hold of this God-fashioned life. He wants you to stay with all these labels, losers, addict, lunatic, mind afflicted, all kinds of things that hell wants to place in your life. He is an enemy of the cross. But the cross is still the difference in our world today. Everybody say, I can't wear that. Not where I'm going. Labels, you got to go. God sees me as a champion. He sees me as an overcomer. He sees me as triumphant. He sees me as peaceful, called, belonging. He sees me as hopeful, faithful, generous, enriched. I can't wear all those secrets hell tries to put in my life. Not where I'm going. I'm going to get free. I'm going to close. Luke told a story about a prodigal son who was convinced that the life he wanted was outside of his father's house and influence. So he opened up himself to the influence of other people and other experiences. And like a man looking for clothes, he went shopping. He really did. 
He tried on different ideas. He wore different labels. He wore images and fashions of his day. He wore the tough guy image. That's what he wore when he walked away. He wore the fun guy image when he had a lot of money to spend. He wore the rock star image there for a while. He wore the barn to be wild image. And then he wore the black sheep image. It was the man that nobody thought the father would ever want back. But then one day in a hog pen, he came to himself. And he said to himself, what am I doing here? This is not the life that my father had in mind for me. And the Bible said he got up. Nobody pulled him. Nobody propelled him. He just got up. And he said, I'm tired of wearing bad stuff. I'm ready to start wearing some good stuff. And he approached the house. And his father came out to greet him. And the first thing he did was to order the service to bring him some new clothes. My God. Bring him a new robe. Bring some new shoes. Put a ring on his hand, on his wrist. The son protested, I don't deserve to be a son. What he was saying was, I'm a failure. I've got labels on me. I'm a fool. I'm labeled. I'm a sinner. I'm labeled. I'm no good. I'm labeled. I'm a mess. I'm labeled. But the father wasn't even listening to him. Because he was so busy announcing the resurrection of his son. He said, my boy who was dead is now alive. Smith Wigglesworth great great old timer somebody said preacher how do you preach like this every Sunday well I preach this way because I never got over getting saved it's not for show I just never got over getting saved let me tell you a little bit about myself some of you people don't know I was raised out in West Texas largest our church ever was was 30 people we had 50 maybe on Easter we had a big crowd God called me to preach against that backdrop. Against the backdrop of I would never preach to anybody. <laughs> and to realize that over 6,000 people have worshipped in this church this week. I'm grateful. I'd like to give a hand to my sweet Pete. I love her. I'd like to give a hand to my three daughters who love God and are a part of this church. One of them sung for you today. I'd like to give a hand to my three sons-in-laws who all love God and all love this church. I'd like to give a hand to my three grandsons. I'd like to give a hand to them. I'm blessed but I also want to give you folks a hand I never could dream I'm sorry I never could dream that I would preach to people that fought for a seat on a Sunday morning I never dreamed that I would have a crowd like this to tell them Jesus loves them 
I never dreamed that somebody would want to come and hear what I had to say. But I do know one thing. 23 years ago when Patty and I came in here and I was 40 years old and I had some nice wings. I knew one thing. I knew one thing. I was going to love a church like nobody in Austin loved a church. There's better preachers in this town, but there's not anybody who'll love you more than this preacher will love you. God sent y'all to us. I'm so grateful for everybody that walked in the door today. Please forgive me. It's Easter. But I think I might represent him pretty good when I know I love people the way I do. And it's not for show. It's not for your money. It's the fact that I want everybody that I see to have a better life. I want everybody to go to heaven everybody be saved and my joy is when your joy is full that's my joy so thank you thank you I just I just had to say thanks today I know it I love y'all seven in Littlefield that we used to go to a church of seven. I'm not putting that down. But I just never dreamed that God would give me a people that I could love so wonderfully. Austin, I'm in love with you. And you know what? I got 37 more years of preaching. I'm going to be 137 more years. Y'all going to bury me. I'm not going to disappoint you with my life. I'm not going to disappoint you with my heart. I'm going to keep loving you until Jesus comes. That's my pledge on this Resurrection Sunday. Because I know He loved me. And I've got to pass it on. I get to pass it on every Sunday. So big old tough boy, you got a pop up here that cares about you. Rebellious little girl, you got a dad up here that loves you. You got people that care about you sitting around you. That's what resurrection's all about. It's called the God fashioned life. Amen. Amen. Come on, Usher. Come on, Usher. I want the ushers to pass out the bread and the and the fruit of the vine here today. We're going to take communion. Are you happy you're in church today? Are you happy you're in church? Is my sweetheart in the house? sweetheart in the house this service she's not in the house all right everybody that has 
come to be a part of CLC the last year. Can I, can I thank you? Everybody that has joined the church, everybody that's gone to starting point, everybody that's been baptized. 51 people took the plunge here Friday night. 51 people. Over 20, over 20 of them, over 20, maybe 25 of them were grown men, family dads, dads took the plunge here Friday night. You know what that means? That means a whole church got baptized up here. A church. The average size of the North American church is 75. And you know what? A whole church got baptized up here Friday night. Are you excited about that? We've had some high churches. I want you to do something as you're receiving the bread and as you're receiving the fruit of the vine. I want you to do something. I want you to examine your heart. I want you to examine your heart. I want you to open your heart and I want you to do this because the Bible speaks of taking this unworthily. Now let me tell you what that means. That means that you don't observe the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, you're saying it's a bunch of junk. But if you accept the fact that he died on the cross and was buried and rose again, then you're taking this worthily here today. Amen? I want you to understand. Don't let hell back you away from taking what God has for you to bless your life today. Because what you're doing, you're identifying with him today. You're identifying with him today. And you're being blessed by communion here today. Amen. Amen. So as they pass it out, I want us, as you receive yours, as you receive it, do me a favor. I want you to stand. As you have yours, stand to your feet so we'll know when everybody has theirs. When you have it, go ahead and stand to your feet. Go ahead and stand to your feet. When you have your bread and your fruit of the vine, go ahead and stand to your feet. That's wonderful. Amen. 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 All right. They're coming right here. Okay. All right. They're coming here. All right. Hadn't it been a beautiful Easter Sunday? Hadn't it been a wonderful day? Didn't the choir sing good today? Didn't the choir sing good today? Now, as you're receiving it, I want to tell you a little story, okay? I want to tell you a little story. It was on a Thursday night that Jesus took his disciples to a particular place. Listen to the story. It was called the Last Supper. And supper being ended, he got up and took a towel and washed their feet. And when he came to Peter, he said, Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. He said, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, Pete, if I don't wash your feet, you'll not have any part in the kingdom. He said, not only my feet, but my hands and my head also. They had, they, had, they had communion. They took communion. From there, late Thursday evening, they went to a hill. They sung a song. Many people, many theologians believe they sung Psalms 118. When they, when they sung that, when they sung that hymn, when they sung that hymn, then they went, he took his disciples, they ate, stayed at the gate. He took his disciples, three went with him, and he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed there, came and tried to wake the disciples up, not once, not twice, but three times. He stayed there and prayed. The Romans came and took him away about probably about 6 o'clock in the morning while you were still sleeping Jesus Christ was already fixed to suffer on Friday they took him to Pilate's judgment hall Pilate said I don't want a part in him they took him to Herod Herod said I can handle him put him to a whipping post and beat him 40 stripes save one that's where you get your healing today that's where you get your healing. Isaiah 53 said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. And then Herod sent him back to Pilate for judgment because there's having a fuss. Who's going to pronounce judgment, the Romans or the Jews? And Pilate, the Roman, pronounced the judgment. 
And so the judgment was pronounced, Calvary. By 9 o'clock in the morning, he was crucified. 9 a.m. in the morning, he was crucified. And he hung on the cross for six long hours. Six long hours. Six is the number of man. Get it now. Six is the number of man. 6,000 years. 6,000 years is man going to be ruling on this earth. And the 7,000 is going to be the millennium. It's going to be all about him. But 6,000 years, six hours, he hung on the cross. One hour for every thousand years. And then he bowed his head, gave up the ghost. It is finished. They took him off that cross. They buried him in a tomb. They had to get him buried. They had to get him buried before 6 o'clock because the day was over. Passover was over. But what they didn't, what they couldn't understand was at 3 o'clock, the lamb was usually slain in the, in, the, in, the, in the house of God, in the temple. But that day, when they were fixing to slay the lamb at 3 o'clock, Jesus bowed his head, gave up the ghost, and the veil was written twain. And the Bible, I mean, uh, history said it went like dust to the ground. It was like sand. They couldn't put it back together. And the mercy and the grace and the truth of all that he had ever done came to us. They buried him. Now watch this. But Saturday came and he wasn't, he wasn't not busy. The Bible said he spoke to spirits in prison. He unlocked doors and led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. What the deal was, folks, what the deal was, he got people ready to come out of Abraham's bosom to a greater place. He said, you can't wear that, not where you're going. I'm going to take you to a greater dimension. He brought him out. They all walked with him as graves were opened and the saints came out and sang celebration songs and rejoiced because Messiah had resurrected. And that's what we're practicing and singing today. That's why we're going to take the communion together today because Jesus Christ came out of the grave victorious. You believe that? Shout amen. Shout amen. If somebody could run one up here to me, I'd appreciate it very, very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Don't forget the old pastor in all this situation. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate it. Bring Tom one. Amen. Now, let's read the Word of God here. Everybody got your grape juice? Everybody got your bread? No? No? All right. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. Who we lack over here? All this row here? We got a whole row here. Brother Mitch, can you handle them? Okay. Ushers, can we get them? All right, here we go. Come on over here, brother. Amen. Amen. Right over here. Y'all have your bread already? You have your bread already? Just need your... All right. Bring it on over here. Amen. Bring it on over here. Let's row right here. Row right here. Bread and, and juice right here. Got it? Okay. Everybody got it. All right. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Paul said, For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. This is not, this is not a substitution. It's not. It's just a symbol of what he did for us. And we're going to receive the bread, which was his broken body. Would you do it right now in the name of the Lord? Receive the bread. Amen. 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 
after the same manner, he also took the cup which had, he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you hold up the cup? And I want you to look. His blood was shed for us. This is what it's all about. Do you receive that today? Let's receive it in the name of the Lord together. God bless you. Let it go down. Let it go down and just bless your whole being. Come on, let it just flow all through you. It has a different feel going down. It really does. It has a different feel. Let it just go down. Let it go. Let it go. Let it just spread through your heart, through your spirit, through your body in the name of the Lord. Now with cup in hand, empty cup, having received what he's done for us, I want you to magnify him with me all over the house right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. I thank you for it right now. I appreciate what you have done for me. I appreciate who you are in my life. I love you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Yes, 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 yes. I love you, Lord. I want a God-fashioned life. I want a God-fashioned life. I want a life fashioned by God in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Dear Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for right now. I want to thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made and will rejoice and be glad. I want to thank you for every person that came in thinking that they couldn't. I want to thank you for every person that came in and thinking that they never would. But here they are. They're in church. And I want them to walk out with a tag, with a label that says, I did it. I came to the house of the Lord today. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.